1: Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top
2: Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have my esteemed host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, as my co-host, who will be here in just a, a moment. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We're all about helping you tune in to tune up your performance. And we always try to bring people who are on the cutting edge of what's going on in in leadership and and development and um, focusing on how can you be your best. And today, we have one of the premier book promoters and consultant, Michael Drew. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Michael. Kathy actually has worked uh, with Michael, so she'll be able to give you some more Uh, information. He has a new book that we're going to zero in on um, called Pendulum, How Past Generations Shape Our Present and Predict Our Future. So not only does he um, focus on other people's books, Michael has a book that he's going to tell us all about. And marketing books for his entire career, Michael has become the world's most successful book promoter. He has launched nearly 75 consecutive books on the bestseller list, many of them number one titles. Michael has honed his skills uh, at such respected publishers as Bard Press, Entrepreneur Magazine, Longstreet Press, Thomas Nelson Publishers, among others. And he's mastered the intricacies of publishing and in adapting to today's fast-evolving industry. Uh, Michael has founded Promote a Book uh, to work directly with writers to help them spread their their message, and we're going to get a lot more into quizzing uh, Michael about what he does and about his new book. But I want to bring on uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and say a word about Kathy. You know, for all of you who have been listening to us for the last five years, you know about Kathy. Um, Kathy is a, is a great woman, very focused, has helped uh, thousands in her career, and uh, she has her Happiness Equals Profit Work-Life Strategies. Kathy's been named the First Lady of Happiness by ABC-TV. Dr. Greenberg has authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, such as What Happy Companies Know and her latest uh, number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. You know, if you've listened to us, she's working on a whole brand-new series, you know, called Fearless Leaders, and she has touched millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. Uh, She's founded the renowned executive consultancy um, H2C, stands for Happy Companies, Healthy People. And Kathy actively supports research on the subject while offering friendly tips and tools to be your best at home. And she's also on ABC's The Morning Blend. Uh, She has a free iPhone app, that has got videos and it's got some excerpts from a book, which is really good, called Your Happiness Now. And you can go to the iTunes store and, and grab that. And as you know, Kathy and I both uh, do work together. and We have a shared website called xcelinstitute.com. X-C-E-L and for more information about that and us, you can check that. So, Kathy, welcome.
3: Thanks, Relly. You know, today is a very exciting day for me uh, personally because uh, Michael Drew... Um, who's going to be on the show with us today, is uh, somebody who has actually helped me in my career. I know he's helped so many other people in their careers, and I think our listeners are going to learn a lot today about what they can do, as you and I like to say, making small micro-changes and initiatives in their thinking that are going to have macro-improvements in what they are trying to achieve long-term. And that's what I'm really excited about today. So for those of you who are listening and you do not know Dr. Relly Nadler, he is not only my esteemed co-host for many, many years on this show, but he is a master-level certified executive coach, psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer. And, of course, he is a, a wonderful author, uh, of a terrific book that you are all familiar with, hopefully, called Leading with Emotional Intelligence, which provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across any industry, and his highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and his programs, of course, have become a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence, including his free I app called Leadership Keys, which you can pick up at the iTunes Apple Store. And I want to make sure that um, everybody here knows that uh, Relly brings his, you know, his legendary expertise and emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, his consulting, his coaching and development programs. And he also brings it right here every week to Leadership Development News. And we're going to have a fantastic show today, Relly. But, you know, before we bring Michael on and talk about... Pendulum, which is his groundbreaking book, which is going to make anybody who's trying to build a business platform a superstar, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about why we continue to do this show on Leadership Development News and why it's more important than ever before, and you and I uh, have been with some very compelling Fortune 100 executives over the last few weeks we have been working with the military over the last uh, month or so and uh, we'll continue to do that and as you know everybody regardless of where they turn is seeing the impact of as you would like to say in your book leading with emotional intelligence and I want to make sure our, our listeners really understand what that's all about and why you and I have partnered to present to the world a new focus on emotional intelligence and the science of happiness that makes it such a unique and compelling conversation.
2: Well, thanks, Kathy. And it's been a joy for, uh, for me, for the two of us, um, to work together and, and strategize together and then bring it to a you know, variety of the clients that you just uh, have talked about. But so for most of our listeners, we know, that uh, leadership development and getting more leaders into uh, the upper echelon is very important. matter of fact, 40% of organizations today say they're going to be experiencing a significant gap in the number of skilled and trained leaders. And so, Kathy, we have what we call this brain drain, and there's three main reasons that we have a brain drain. One, we've lost over 8 million jobs because of the Great Recession. We've all heard this over and over and over, you know, with the debates, and that's come up about the loss of jobs. But also, in in spite of that, we've heard uh, or we do know that baby boomers are retiring. And over the next, you know, five to ten years or so, there's going to be a shortfall of 10 million workers. There's a lot more baby boomers than there are Gen X. So uh, we're retiring brains, and we've lost brains. And then the brains that are going to come into the workforce have been known to have a little less emotional intelligence. And the reason is because of technology. So, for every hour they're in front of their screen, be it their uh, computer or their phone, they're not dealing with a human in front of them, changing their message, reading the cues of that they don't understand what I say, or or reading their face of what's going on for them. So, those are the reasons that we have this uh, gap in a, in a chaos that's going on now. And we know one of the ways to get in the top 10 percent, and that's what Kathy you and I work on it all the time, one of the small things that people can do differently to get move them into the top 10% is emotional intelligence, which has a series of competencies. And when you look at how smart you are and you look at techno expertise, a lot of the research is all pointing to this idea of uh, emotional intelligence, which simply is understanding yourself and managing yourself, understanding others and managing others. And there's a series of competencies that go with that. The good news is that you can change your EQ or emotional intelligence. Your IQ, you can't change. And, Kathy, that leads us into this idea of what we can change and this kind of set point, you know, that you've researched really well in your book around happiness. What can you change and what can't you change? What's given to you and, and what are the things under emotional intelligence, training, consulting, coaching that we can change?
3: Well, you know, really, we know from work around the world with uh, leading thinkers on uh, positive psychology and uh, the science of happiness, that there is a 93% correlation between life satisfaction and performance. And um, that that stems from a happiness set point, which is what you were just talking about. You know, everybody has a set point, and many of us are, are born a glass half empty or a glass half fuller, as one of our uh, uh, friends recently said, I'm a glass that's overflowing, bless their hearts. Um, I wish I were that person. But we know that happiness does have a set point, just like weight and hair color. Uh, the best news of all is that 40% of that set point is something we can influence totally by our own habits and behaviors. So, even if 50% of the equation states that we are, you know, perhaps a glass half empty, we have another 40% on the other side of that equation that we can determine on a daily basis that will help us influence our ability to, in fact, be happier, to have higher life satisfaction. And of course, at Leadership Development News and at the Excel Institute, we teach you the simple habits. Of mind that you need to be successful, and by doing just a few things differently, as we like to say, you can improve that forty percent more and more, and get better and better, until it becomes like a muscle, a reflex. And uh, even though that ten percent, that ten percent will always be conditional, it'll always be the environment in which you are in, a climate that uh, that you potentially cannot change. You know that times change circumstances pass, and as they do, if you will continue to practice these small habits of mind and behavior, you can continue to increase your happiness and improve that set point and your flexibility for greater and even more happiness. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News, and we're going to be talking to Michael Drew, author of Pendulum how past generations shape our present and predict our future. So don't go away.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
5: Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
1: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
3: Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a conversation with Michael Drew, the author of Pendulum. Before I bring Michael on, let me tell you a little bit about him personally because he is uh, somebody that I've had the good fortune of working with for several years now. And, in fact, uh, Michael has been um, not only a a key component of our team at uh, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, but uh, he'll be coming on board to work with us on our new book series called Fearless Leaders by myself and author T.C. North. One of the things that Michael Drew is best known for is being a maverick who gets results. Marketing books for his entire career, Michael's become the world's most successful book promoter in the industry, having launched nearly 75 consecutive books Onto the bestseller list, many of them number one titles that you'll recognize as we have a conversation with Michael in today's show. You know, beyond merely helping authors' books to sell well, Michael has benefited from these writers' insights into many different social trends, and he himself has observed up close the shifting dynamics of society as his work on pendulum will tell us today, and he has seen firsthand the rapid and long-term changes in the publishing industry and how content reaches today's varied audiences in many different ways. So he's going to talk about how looking at you as a writer, looking at you and your audience together, how you can really hone those content Uh, principles and how you can actually reach your audience with more effectiveness to draw the audience towards the content that you'd like them to hear and thus create a book that fits everyone. And I'll tell you how we did that with our book, What Happy Working Mothers Know as Well. You know, Michael honed his skills at such respected publishers as Bard Press, Entrepreneur Magazine, Longstreet Press and Thomas Nelson Publishers, among many others. He has mastered the intricacies of publishing, and in adapting to today's fast-evolving industry, Michael founded Promote-A-Book to work directly with writers to help them spread their message. Michael has also helped writers and authors, thought leaders, speakers, and entrepreneurs build upon an essential component of continuing success by creating a platform for their writing and their message so that they can expand their audience and adapt to social shifts. Through Michael's skills in website creation, his strengths as a speaker, his career coaching, and in his innovative use of personas to intensify the effectiveness of all sorts of writing, Michael has been a force in the creation of a new generation of thought leaders. So without further ado, I want to bring Michael on. And Michael, thank you so, so much for being with us. And I know the most important person in your life these days is your daughter, Savannah. And I just wanted to make sure that we gave a shout-out to her, let her know that we're thinking about her, and um, love to hear more about your exciting new book. Welcome.
2: Well, thanks for having me,
6: and I know Savannah will appreciate the
2: shout-out. Thank you. (laughs) So, Michael, typically what we want to do is just get uh, a little bit of a quick kind of background of anybody who's been most influential for you, because we talk about leaders and leaders' influence, then then we want to jump into your book. Well, you know, um, actually,
6: the, um, my, my co-author on the book, Will H. Williams, has probably had the greatest impact on mm. my career to date. Uh, he's known as the Wizard of Ads. And 14 years ago, when I was the age of 19, he was my first author that I marketed to New York Times bestseller status. And uh, I would have to say that his influence on me has been the greatest
4: mm. influence
6: that I've ever had. Um, His influence has led to all of the philosophies that I apply in marketing and business, including the creation and use of the persona architecture process, not to say the least of which, uh, obviously, is the book that we've written together, Pendulum. Is is this the first book that you and him have done together? Uh, This is the first book that Roy has ever co-written with anyone. Wow. And it it is my first book. I've successfully marketed 74 consecutive books to the Washington Journal, USA Today, Business Week, Inc., and New York Times bestsellers list, but this is my very first title.
2: Oh, that's got to be so exciting for you. That's great. It <laughs> is, for sure.
3: Michael, um, having experienced your process, um, I know that you and I um, will have a... An interesting conversation here with Raleigh about what pendulum means, what the context is, how you get people to write a book, for example, that's relevant to all the Myers-Briggs types, the MBTI types, and um, how you can get people to read your book regardless of whether they read it front to back or pop it open in the middle or go through the index. I mean, this is stuff that I didn't know about until you came into my life. And it's funny now because since you and I have written – um, or, or worked on my books, and of course the new series coming up, I have been asked to be uh, if you will a consultant uh, to many other writers, and I use a lot of your philosophies and I always tell people they should come to the to the source but but now they can right here on this radio show so i 'm very excited about this so first of all, tell us a little bit about pendulum. What does the word pendulum actually mean in the context that you use it
6: great i mean the so Basically, a pendulum is a ball that swings back and forth based upon weight and momentum. In our case, specifically what we're talking about is the momentum of the forces that move our world. And they change every 40 years. Now, uh, you met, earlier you mentioned talking about Generation X versus, versus the baby boomers. Interestingly enough, while there were 74 million uh, baby boomers, there are 72 million uh, millennials and Xers. But irrespective of that, the way that we define how society makes its decisions and how it views the world is not by looking at... Birth cohorts, but rather at life cohorts. Not someone born between this year or that year. That would be an inarticulate way of understanding a generation. Rather, it's the predominant view of society as a, as a whole, the one through which we make our decisions and how we value each other. Essentially, the carrot at the end of the stick that we chase, and it changes every forty years. And what I would actually advocate is, while the youth of society are driving the changes, that whether their youth or their uh, or, or there are people that that, that are elderly. Uh, society as a whole today has adopted a new we mindset. Basically, what we argue in the book is that there are two 40-year cycles: a cycle of me about the individual, about freedom and self-expression, and a cycle of we, about community, about doing what's best for society as a whole. And neither is good or bad, but we certainly take both too far. And we have recently shifted, as of 2003, from an ideology of me to an ideology of we. So just to give the the listeners a quick overview, the last completed we cycle was from 1923 to 1963. You mean the the me? This is the me cycle? No, no, the last completed we cycle. We cycle, okay we about the community the collective was from 1923 to 1963 the last completed me about the individual was 1963 to 2003 and the current cycle we're in is a we cycle and we're in this we cycle from 2003 until 2043
3: Hmm. now let me get your statistics right again and sometimes I ask questions to make sure the audience is getting an opportunity to ask a question Um, so I'm kind of thinking like an audience member if you will Michael so Give us, you said there were 70 million and 72 million. Could you go back to what those numbers were related to?
6: Yeah, there were, seven, back in the 60s, there were 74 million baby boomers, people we'd identify as a baby boomer. Today, there are 72 million uh, millennials, people who are under the
2: age of 28.
3: Right. Wow, so it's almost a one-to-one correlation.
2: And it's it true. is. It is. That Generation X, that's the the smaller generation. So, yeah, the millennials are almost equal to the baby boomers. Yeah, that's That's correct. So say a little bit about kind of how, you know, I'm I'm sure for folks like myself and Kathy and others, how would you come up with the 40-year cycle? And maybe just explain a little bit also just about the life cohort, Um, you know, those two things. Like just a little bit of background, how you came up with that. It's fascinating stuff.
6: In 2003, my co-author, and again, he would be my my mentor for my career, Roy Williams was in discussion with uh, Dr. Nicholas Grant, the head of the psychology department at the University of Texas in Austin. And he said to, he said to Nick, you know, 2003 feels an awful lot like 1963 all over again, only in reverse. And uh, Dr. Nicholas Grant said, yes, in fact, there are a number of books that kind of argue that point you should go and read these books. So Roy went back and read those books and um, was in... Fairly strong disagreement, because Roy is both a strong evangelical Christian, but he also understands the Judeo-Christian background, and and he knew that in the Old Testament alone, there are more than 60 mentions of 40-year generational patterns. And in the the, uh, Jewish belief, uh, 40 is actually a very important number as well. So to him, the number 40 uh, universally historically was a very important number, and his belief was that it had to be 40 years. So he went back for the purpose of putting a presentation together and researched the last 400 years of American history and found that, in fact, that there were these two 40-year cycles. And he did the presentation, the pendulum presentation, from 2003 until 2007, when he retired the presentation, and I picked it up and made it my own. Hmm. And then uh, two years ago, a New York publisher approached me after seeing present present uh, on the stage with the Dalai Lama, Surtur Branson, Stephen Povey, um the presentation and offered to do the book, and so Roy and I said, you know what, we say this is true of Western civilization, but we're only using U.S. as our data points. Let's throw out all of the, the research that we've done. Let's challenge our assumption. Let's go back 3,000 years of reported Western civilization, not just the United States, but all of Western civilization, and let's look at every single 40-year cycle. And what was interesting, and it actually got, kind of got scary, was that In the last 3,000 years of recorded Western civilization, we could not find an exception of the movement from me to we or we to me in exactly the years that it was set up to. And we document that in the book.
3: Wow. Michael, Um, I'm I'm chewing at the bit. Give us the name of this person who uh, you spoke to, Dr. Nicholas. Grant. Dr. Nick Grant from the University of Texas. Okay. want to make sure. And then the other thing... uh, Uh, consistent here in getting information.
2: Sure. The other part I was just going to ask is, and it kind of makes intuitive sense, you know, kind of what's called face validity, is this life uh, cohort. And maybe we'll, we're going to go to a quick break, but we kind of tell us how how is that defined? Because there's all kind of different definitions of stages we all go through, but the life cohort. And then we'll come back and jump into the contents of your book. So you're listening, unless, unless, hey, Michael, we're just going Michael, we just have to go to a quick break. So, so then we we'll just go, we're we'll come right back. So. This is Leadership leadership Development News, and we're having an engaging conversation uh, with Michael Drew about his book, Pendulum. So we'll be right back.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
5: Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
3: Welcome back to Leadership
1: Development News. We're having a very
3: stimulating conversation here with co-author of Pendulum, Michael Drew. Michael, we um, we were just talking uh, to you about this uh, life cohort uh, phrase that you used and your discussion of the 40-year cycles. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about your definition uh, of life cohort and also a little bit more about how you define these 40-year segments?
6: Cool. So the the answer is people want to talk about generations based upon the year that they were born. So you referred to earlier the concept of uh, baby boomers versus millennials versus mm-hmm. whatnot, and it, there's something to be said about when you're born, but it has far more to do with where society is in its overarching view of uh, of how that it makes its or determines its values and how it. uh, determines values with people and business and and whatnot. Um, The reality is that a real generation isn't when you were born, but rather the common views of society as a whole. That's not to say that there aren't countercultures. There always are. But as an example, we are in a we cycle. So in a we cycle, it was very predictable back in 2003 to predict things like social media. People would like to say that social media has driven... Changes in society, and and Roy and I would would suggest that throughout history, that technologies like radio and and uh, TV and uh, the internet and Gutenberg and other forms of technology that allows for communication to expand always occurred in a we cycle. Because in a we cycle, it was about building community. Uh, we can see this in. In how uh, economics change, so Harry Dent Jr., the famous economist, likes to point out that there are eighty-year financial cycles, and those eighty-year cycles happen to match up at the exact same time when society always moves from a me cycle about the individual to a we to a we cycle. In a me cycle. It 's about freedom and self expression and at the height or the zenith of the me cycle, we take it too far and we try to be bigger and better than who we actually are and This not only translates in our personal lives but also in our business and so we create inflation within the marketplace in the marketplace and Then when we move into a we cycle, our currencies are authenticity and transparency, and we demand transparency in the marketplace and when we see the garbage that inflated the marketplace. We always have a recession or depression at that exact time when we transition from me to we. So we see this. We see this in music. We see this. We see this everywhere. We see this even in, in the presidential election. I won't use this year's election as an example, but Roy and I predicted who the president would be before the primaries in 2007. Now we didn't base it upon party or name, but rather by the by the moniker assigned to each of the Hmm. uh, candidates. On the Democratic side, you had a community organizer and a feminist, and a community organizer is a very we mindset and a feminist, not that there's not value there, but that's more of a me mentality about about the strength of the individual. On the Republican side, you had Mr. Perfect, who had the perfect hair, perfect family, perfect business. You had a maverick, and of course a maverick is a strong individualist who's breaking away from the group and doing his own thing. And you had a populist preacher who's basically trying to help the greater good through through his spiritual or religious beliefs. If you were to pick on the Democratic side, this moniker in a wee cycle, you would pick the community organizer. And on the Republican side, you would pick the uh, the populist preacher. Of course, the Democrats picked the community organizer, and the Republicans instead selected the maverick. So we we had predicted before the election, um, the primaries last time, who would who would win, despite who the Uh, The popular choices were on both parties at the time. And we see this throughout um, all all history. These patterns happen again and again and again like clockwork. We're not the unique snowflakes that we would like to believe that we are.
2: So, Michael, this is fascinating uh, research that you've done for your book. Tell us about some of the surprises that have come from your, your new book, Pendulum, some of the research that you came up with. Well, I think the first surprise that we had was...
6: We, we, we'd made that hypothesis for business purposes to give our clients a competitive advantage, which we, it, it worked sufficiently going back 400 years. And we'd hoped that it would be at least 75 or 80% accurate going back 3,000 years. But I think the first surprise that we had was how scarily accurate it was, like clockwork, every 40 years to have the exact same cycle over and over again without exception. The next thing that we found was an interesting uh, issue uh, that actually helped the movement of me to we or we to me. So we have these two 40-year generational patterns of me versus we. And then we have, what we found is that there are these, and this is part of why we have uh, life cohorts, not birth cohorts. We found that the use of society creates movement from one modality or mentality to the next. So if the last we was from 1923 to 1963, uh, and the last me was from 63 to 2003. Um, by 43, we're 20 years into the last we cycle. We're at its zenith tight. And at, at about that time, we start taking a we too far. And it, now it's not just about community and society as a whole. We become a society that is highly regimented and highly conformed. And the youth of society reject that mentality and become the gravity that pulls us towards the me. Uh, In 1953, we see the release of alphas. These alphas are predictors of what's going to happen in the next me cycle. We see the release of the 53 Playboy. We see the release of A Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. We see uh, Jack Kerouac, who is the father of the beatnik generation. Most musicians from the 60s and 70s I credit Jack Kerouac as a major inspiration for the music that they created. Mm-hmm. We see the youth of society become the rebels. You know, James Jane's critically acclaimed movies from 1955, Rebel Without a Cause. So not fully yet adopted by the adults in society, you can see the beginning of this me mentality start uh, uh, be, becoming prevalent as a as a subculture back in 1953. Now, what 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 we saw in terms of microcycles was that, was that there were these four 20-year cycles, and so you have me versus we, uh, 23 to 63, 63 to 2003. But starting in 50, 53, when the youth movement started. We we see the beginning of a cycle that we call, I'm okay, you're okay. Of course, it's based upon a book that was published by the same name back in 1969. But I'm okay, you're okay. And we, we see that until 1973. And you have an entire movement of youth from 53 to 73 that were part of the mentality. But... As is natural for human beings, we take a good thing too far. What uh, what we stood for in an I'm okay, you're okay mentality uh, was beautiful about self-expression and freedom and going out and having really big dreams. We started to take too far, and we started becoming a little bit plastic, a little bit phony. And we started becoming a society of posers. From 1973 to 1993, we called the 20-year microcycle the the I'm Screwed Up, You're Okay Mindset, or we nicknamed it as the Hero or Guru Worship Mindset. If you can remember back in 1983, that's when Michael Jackson released his biggest album, Madonna sang in her first album, Because We Are Living in a Material World and and I'm Your Material Girl. Uh, in 1983, we also see the, the real emergence of the personal development industry and business development industry. In 83, you saw the release of Tony Robbins' first album. You saw the release of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We started worshiping our musicians and our athletes. Truly, we were in, a, in an era of hero worship. From 1993 to 2013 then, we were in a cycle of, I'm screwed up, you're screwed up. We, we moved from, I'm screwed up, you're okay, to I'm screwed up, you're screwed up. And, you know, we can see back starting in 1993, the uh, early 90s, the release of Gangster Rap and of the, um, uh, of the, uh, what was it, the grunge movement out of the Pacific Northwest with Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, Stone Temple Pilots and all of those bands. And we see the release of new technology with, you know, AOL being the real purveyor of what became the Internet. Uh, in the I'm screwed up, you're screwed up mindset. And that, again, is lasting through this coming year. But what is really interesting interesting, and also scary at the same time is where we're headed next. If we've been in I'm okay, you're okay, I'm screwed up, you're okay, and I'm screwed up, you're screwed up, so the next natural Progression would be, I'm okay, you're screwed up. In a we cycle, when we take um, working together for the common good to the natural extreme, we become a society that is highly regimented and highly conformed, um, and we start losing our personal autonomy and personal freedom. Uh, and so what's interesting is we call the I'm okay, your script sure of mindset the um, the witch hunt cycle, because throughout the history of mankind, if there's been a witch hunt, it's happened during this 20-year time frame. And so um, literally, you could look back at the Spanish Inquisition, you could look at the beginning of the, the um, Crusades, you could look at Bloody Mary the Salem Witch Trials, the American Revolution, the first French Revolution, the second Re- the French Revolution, the American Civil War 80 years ago in Europe, you had Mussolini, Stalin, and Hitler, and the United States, we had uh, in Japanese intern camps, and we had Joseph McCarthy. So I, I think that the discovery of those four 20-year those four microcycles that explain the movement from me to we or me to we was probably the second most surprising thing that came out of the research for the book. Michael
3: in your uh, in your i guess uh ideas of fun, some things that have been fun uh, for for pendulum you uh, you mention uh, pop music and social temperature, and i 'm curious, can you talk a little bit more about that and um, how, how do you speak to this this current we cycle uh, as an author? Um, with some of these fun ideas?
6: Well, well, it's a good question. So it's interesting. There's a um, current song that's on the pop charts now called Call Me Maybe. And it's interesting because in a me cycle back in the 80s, there was the song called Call Me. It was just Call Me and Call Me Now. In a me cycle, it's about looking and feeling good and going after what I want today. In a wee cycle, you know, we we, we have a belief that it, that Ian and all that dog. We're just we're all just people trying to get along, trying to trying to make things happen. And and oftentimes, what happens in the music and the art in a wee cycle is we often will get a little bit more Eeyore-ish. If you look at the music of the '60s, '70s, '80s, and '90s, you had a lot more. Tigger type of music to use the Winnie uh, the Pooh analogy, and today, if you listen to some of the top bands, it would be Nora Jones or Coldplay, or uh, you name it, uh, they're they're a little bit more earish in their music, their, their their message, and even the quote unquote upbeat songs like Call Me Maybe, uh, it's it, it's not nearly as assertive as it was in a Me Cycle. Mm. So let me trying to make a
2: translation and then, and then for Gary, our I think listeners to need to take a break. who
6: are
3: um, either trying to build a business platform or a book, and they're thinking of this uh, me-to-we cycle. So we are definitely in a we
6: cycle, and,
3: right and we will be in that we cycle for how many more
6: years? Uh, we are now 10 years into the upswing of the we cycle, so we have another 30 years. Okay. So when you say we're creating
3: generationally less assertive types of, of messages, um, as you just described in some of the musicians, such as Coldplay or Nora Jones, or um, I believe it's uh, is it Katy Perry that wrote the song. Sure. Called, maybe. Um, so we're going into a less what we would call assertive generational cycle. And if that's the case, then the social temperature for those of us who have a more, quote-unquote, assertive, emotionally intelligent type of leadership trait, may not necessarily fit with this generation. So, you know, Relly and I talk a lot about emotional intelligence and the science of happiness and positive psychology, and you're trying to share with us another perspective through Pendulum that I think is, is incredibly important, especially for those who are trying to build a business or do coaching or create a book that appeals to a mass generation of people. So I think those are some very important um, ideas. So so less assertiveness. What else might be um, some of the things that you can share that would be better for people building a, a, pl- a business platform? Or, and then why don't we okay. take,
2: take a short break and we'll come back to uh, hear from Michael on this. I think we're at the end of this segment.
3: Yep, we can do that. And um, hopefully uh, when we come back from this break, uh, we'll get some answers to these things and many more.
5: Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
6: Welcome
3: back to Leadership Development News. We've been having a delightful and intriguing conversation with Michael Drew, co author of Pendulum. And Michael, you have a special offer for our listeners. I'd like you to talk a little bit about the penduluminaction.com website, what's there, what you offer people, and then we'll go back to our conversation.
6: Cool. So the, the reality is that this conversation is is great, but if it's actionable in our lives or our business, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it, it's good theory, but it needs to be actionable. And Roy and I have been applying pendulum theory with our clients for the last decade. And on average, just applying one or two of our of our philosophies found within pendulum in action, we get an increase of revenue of at least thirty percent. Um, what we what we wanted to do with this book is to be able to change the face of the way that we run business. Most businesses today build their philosophy and the way that they run back in a me cycle. And it's kind of irrelevant in today's we cycle. And even the use of social media, if it's done in a me modality, is a bastardization of what what it is because it's not meant to be pushed. It's meant to be pulled. So we put together an entire system at pendulumandaction.com. And what my offer to your listeners today is... I want to give them a copy of the book for free. What I'm going to ask them to do is cover shipping and handling for the book, and that's about $7. And in exchange for them taking the time to order, to pay for the shipping and handling for the book and to read the book, I'm going to give them the entire Pendulum in Action uh, video training series online for, uh, for, for their viewing pleasure while they're waiting for the book to arrive. And that's going to include... A professionally filmed and edited uh, 90 minute version of the pendulum presentation, which, which was the impetus for the book. It's going to include, um, uh, a case study on Playboy, how why it succeeded in a me cycle and why it's failing in this current we cycle. It includes a, a, a training video on the application of the 12 steps of intimacy in creating and building relationships with your customers. And finally, there's a video on uh, how to deepen intimacy with your customers through uh, what you briefly mentioned earlier, Kathy, uh, which is through the process of building personas. We actually to go into great depth for that. And we're simply asking your listeners to cover the shipping and handling of the book, which is
3: $7. Beautiful. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate that. And, and you know, many of us, um, you know, are, are sharing our business platforms and our books way in advance of, of getting them out into the market. But Pendulum, in its essence, and going to Rally Sweet Spot Emotional Intelligence, helps us predict and provide much more emotionally intelligent and socially responsible messaging. So getting back to your conversation with us before the break about less assertive, okay, kinds of uh, leadership messages, um, I, I'm, I'm going uh, to ask Relly here to kind of weigh in. It sounds to me like, Michael, we need to be more focused on social relationships, interpersonal relationships with people, and, um, and, and much more, um, I should say, um, uh, flavorful in terms of including people's ideas versus um, eliminating ideas
6: yeah the, the the reality is, and Dan Pink did, did, did some good mentions of this in his book drive today today 's we generation is more interested in significance than they are money they, they, they want it to, to be viewed as significant and contributing something of significance to the world. You could look at the entire technology that 's known as open source open source technology has millions of people throughout the world spending. Uh, dozens to hundreds of hours a week for free, creating code that increases the effectiveness of open source programs they do that for free and they do it because they they want to they, they want to contribute something of significance to the world. Wikipedia is another really great example of that. nobody gets paid to contribute content to uh, Wikipedia nobody gets paid to v- validate or verify the information that 's placed on on uh, Wikipedia, people do that because they want to be to be part of something bigger that they 're giving back to and
3: Michael, I, I agree with that. Let me just challenge that thought before we go off the air, and that is why is it, however, that every under thirty five year old I have met has said they want to make five to ten million dollars by selling whatever it is they 've created with open source technology, <laughs> so they they still want to make a contribution. And and many of them still want to be paid for it. So how does Pendulum handle that?
6: Well, the the first thing is, I mean, individuals uh, always want to make sure that they're taken care of for themselves. But secondly, remember that we move from a me to a we, and there are still some older. Me concepts that permeate throughout society. That doesn't mean that holistically that they're they're dominant. But if you look the if you look at intellectual property as an example, the laws that we have for intellectual property um, were created in a recycle cycle with the actual intent of the lawmakers to allow people to actually reuse what other people created, simply giving credit to the people that had initially created it, not to keep people from from copying. In fact, they, they intended for people to copy all of the IP that was being created. But in a me-cycle, lawyers took it to the other extreme and said, We're not, we, we don't want to, to allow anybody to reuse our stuff without getting paid. Got it. Okay. Uh, as we, so, as pendulum, we move,
3: so Pendulum yeah. actually gives us hope. Pendulum
6: gives yep. us tools
3: to avoid those conflicts and embrace broader change. Um, and you're really providing people with a, a wonderful um, asset that, that they can use. And I want to make sure everybody gets it at PendulumInAction.com. And, Michael, you're also providing everybody with a free copy of the book if they go to your website and all they need to do is pay for
2: shipping. That's correct. Perfect. Perfect.
6: So what
3: I,
2: what I love about this, is, and I think it validates, Kathy, what we've been doing in, in the movement and organizations, is really is inclusiveness is which part of the we cycle, you know, uh, away from the command and control into how can leaders be facilitative, how can they hear other opinions first, how can they kind of work more towards getting a consensus, getting more buy-in, which lets people – Feel like they're really significant. So
3: yeah, and it also to Michael's point, it's about purpose and profitability. It's about purpose and happiness. It's about purpose that combines business and personal, uh, and and it's a it's a wonderful opportunity uh, for anybody who's listening or who's trying to build a business platform or a book to think about these philosophies and and get over the struggle, right, and create an experience that really helps people deliver on that purpose and that I think is truly uh, uh, fabulous here.
2: Well, and I think exactly what we're doing here with Leadership Development News. We're trying to get the best, best content, interesting, cutting-edge people like Michael, and then sharing that with for free for anybody who's uh, able to, to find the time to listen. So, Michael, thank you so much. Any, any last parting words before we sign off?
6: Uh, You know what, I appreciate being on on the call. I would say that we need to be careful of the past. Uh, Blackie Sherrod, the famous sports writer from the Chicago Tribune, stated, the reason history must repeat itself is because we pay so little attention to it the first time. As we move into this we cycle and into the throes of the microcycle of uh, of witch hunts, let's be aware of what's happened in the past. Be able to leverage the, uh, this knowledge to be able to accent the best and to uh, to uh, try to uh, dampen the, the worst parts of the cycle as much as possible. That's beautiful.
3: You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with Dr. Relly Nadler and Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Thanks so much for tuning in to tune up your leadership performance. And don't forget to visit us at Excel, www.excelinstitute.com.
1: You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel.